ready. Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go. Here we go. We got to have a drive. 23 left. 23 left. Will. It's time for the Overtime Show with Nate Geary. Good morning, everyone. Because it is, in fact, morning where it's almost 2 o'clock here at our Amherst studios. No Nate Geary today. Zach Jones covering the Overtime Show. Me and Nate Geary handled the network post-game show. But now we'll be on air here till about 2.30. Still taking calls. 803-0550 following the Bills. 14-9 win over the New York Giants. And before we do get started... I do want to remind you that the Overtime Show is powered by the BFLO Store, the official retailer of the Buffalo Bills. And while my sheet of paper says tomorrow on WGR, later today on WGR, it is Buffalo Bills Football Monday presented by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at Northwest.com. Jeremy and Joel are going to break the game down in the morning. Then it's the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio from 10 to noon, followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown and Steve Tasker at noon. Followed by Show Up the Bulldog at 3 p.m. featuring Bill's Eric Wood at 4. And then at 7.30, Westwood 1 presents the Cowboys at Chargers. Buffalo Bills football Monday all day today on the home of the Bills. WGR Sports Radio 550. And it was a painful, painful game to get through. The Bills do ultimately win. They do improve 2-4-2 and two on the season. But it was not pretty in the slightest. It took to the fourth quarter for the Bills to even score a point. It was a to me, it almost felt like I was stunned when they finally scored their first touchdown to look up and see that they were, in fact, in the fourth quarter, that it wasn't in the second quarter or even just middle of the third, that they had gone through three quarters of a football game and had not scored a touchdown, 45 minutes. And that was very, very concerning. It still is to me. It's We're only a few hours after the game, and it still is lingering with me. And I just... I, I want to feel good that they still won, but there is this pessimistic side of me that I I just I don't always see wins as wins, especially now that the Bills are in this Super Bowl window, I guess. They have Josh Allen. McDermott has is really got the defense cooking. I think that's been my major positive over the past two weeks, but it does just feel like they're marching towards a January loss, and this is week six. I'm absolutely over-exaggerating over and, and all that fun stuff, but that's how I feel right now because these past two weeks, they have really started slow against teams that they are better than. The Giants, absolutely. You could argue the Jaguars are better than them, and I'd maybe hear that argument, especially after today where the Jaguars really dominated the Colts and have now gotten two straight wins and seem to have really righted the ship on their season. The Giants are are are, are trash. They're garbage. Even at half, we're going into halftime. This game shouldn't even have come down to the last play. The Giants were the better team for two and a half, three quarters, and it was a disaster with clock management at the end of the half. They should have easily been up 12-0 going into half and getting the ball back to start the second half. And it was just a complete disaster for the Giants and even towards the end of the game as well. Kind of the same thing. They just seemed discombobulated and not able to get things going. But good on them being able to kind of figure it out or good on the Bills for being able to figure it out and just getting an ugly win. I will give them that. They won a one-score game. They were able to figure it out. They get the win. I'm all for that. But there are, to me, lingering problems that I need to see this Bills team you know, figure out. When you look at even teams like the Cincinnati Bengals, they probably started the season and thought the exact same thing. The offense looks broken. The defense isn't doing the same thing. What's going on with Burrow? Why isn't Chase getting open? Blah, 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 blah. 
And now they've rattled off two straight wins. They're three and three, and their season does seem to have gotten back on track. The Chiefs, however, are kind of a little bit different, where they're not really playing all that well. They're winning ugly, but they keep winning, and they're five and one. They're one loss coming to another five and one team in the Detroit Lions. And then you have two teams today in the Eagles and the 49ers. Both came in today undefeated, both drop pretty bad losses. One with the 49ers losing to P.J. Walker, who tried desperately to throw the game away for Cleveland, which was stunning in a way. And then you had the Eagles losing to Zach Wilson, and but realistically losing to the New York Jets' defense and, and just how exceptional that unit is. So ultimately there is that where you could have lost ugly. You could have lost to a team like you did in Week 1 against the Jets. They ultimately don't. They beat the other New Jersey team and take down the Giants. But there's just there is this lingering fear for me that they're just there are these problems that have not improved since last year, namely Dorsey for me. I'm out. I'm out on Dorsey. I, I think and for me the reason why I feel comfortable enough saying that is I think they have already somebody in house who can do the job, and that is Joe Brady, who came in and filled Dorsey's spot as the quarterback coach. But previous to this point, he had he had served in Carolina as an offensive coordinator, basically got no talent and was told to fix garbage, and he was unable to, gets fired. And I agreed with the firing at the time, but now looking at how Carolina has been run over the past few years, that seems unceremonious. But before that, at LSU, he helped orchestrate the most dominant offense college football had ever seen. Joe Burrow with 60 touchdown passes, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase both being on the team, Clyde, Edward, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if you'll have him as well, running back, and he was able to make that offense hum 24-7 every single game that year. They were unbelievable. Many who saw that team, 2019 uh, LSU team, it, it, that was, to me, the most dominant college team I've ever seen play. I was not really much alive for 01 Miami. I was three years old, so I don't have any memories of those. But I would be comfortable throwing Joe Brady into the Bills' offense because I think he's he has more experience than Ken Dorsey, and that's kind of always been my panic with Dorsey, even when he was hired last offseason, which was you've got a Super Bowl contending team here. They are on the cusp. You've only missed out because of 13 seconds. And you've now added Von Miller. And you've got a first-year offensive coordinator. And there was a grace period where, okay, he's, he, you know, he, the training wheels are still on. He's still figuring it out. He's still figuring out the flow of everything. And, and to be fair, last year the season started spectacularly. And it really only derailed the second half of the Green Bay game. They played a tough Jets team. Uh, after that, and then you know the Minnesota game, but the vibes just never felt right. And there was this feeling as well. Once the season ended, it could have been on Josh's elbow injury and a few other injuries they picked up. You know, especially on the offensive line, namely with Spencer Brown basically never being healthy last year, and some other you know kind of outside factors that maybe were the reason why Ken Dorsey didn't get the most out of his offense. Namely, also being 12 personnel, not having that second tight end that maybe he wanted with the addition of OJ Howard that did not work out. So there was this feeling of maybe he's not getting the exact offense he wants. Well, now it seems like he has the offense he wants, and it's not good. It still feels like it's Allen and Diggs having to make magic to get the thing going. Dalton Kincaid, is not, and he didn't play tonight, so this is not really indicative of tonight. It's just indicative of the season. Is not even bad Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley's final year in Buffalo, when everyone knew he had lost a step and we clearly needed to move on to be better, was averaging 8.5 yards per reception. Kincaid is hanging around 6 to 7 yards per reception. Dawson Knox has dipped below double-digit yards per reception to now at about 7. And it's just, 
no one is really, I don't want to say no one's really stretching the field, but there doesn't seem to be anyone in the middle of the field that can take advantage of bad linebackers. This is a big thing for a number of games this season, namely Miami as well. And they put up a ton of points on Miami, but didn't get the middle of the field action going very much. And you look at the secondary options on the offense, such as wide receiver, and there's no one consistent. I came into the season believing that this could have been the most talented offensive skill position group Josh Allen has had his entire career. And so far, that has been very wrong. Sherfield is basically a non-factor in the Bills' offense. I think he... It feels like he has two targets this season, and that may not even be an exaggeration. He feels like a complete non-factor. We finally got Deontay Hardy's first touchdown of the season. It came off the only targeting catch he had all night. And so ultimately, that's kind of my frustration is where is that second person coming from? Sherfield, by the way, has five receptions the entire season. He has five targets, five receptions. That's it. He, they're not getting him involved at all. And then Gabe Davis is your secondary weapon and he's just he's he's not consistent enough he flat out is not consistent enough to be your number two wide receiver now as somebody that is always looking forward I love the draft I watch college football I can see in in a way I can see a light at the end of the tunnel of a great maybe even historic wide receiver class coming up in in this April I'm not confident the Bills are just going to go and get a young guy even though that would just be the financially smart move to do, which is let Davis walk in free agency and go get a young wide receiver who's going to be on the cheap and probably just more talented right out of the gate than Davis was his first two years. But I can't sit here and feel that confident that they will, and that is just a consistently gnawing thought in the back of my mind is just that with Dorsey and just I guess with this current run that they've had, I can't fully trust them. I trust them for the most part. I trust them like 90% of the time, being McDermott, Allen, all of them. But that 10% really is their lack of adding high-end talent at the wide receiver position and really Ken Dorsey's inability to show any sort of growth as an offensive coordinator. And it's getting concerning because then I do see guys like Sean McVay, of course, and Kyle Shanahan, Ben Johnson in Detroit, who are elevating lesser quarterbacks to not, I I don't want to say equaling Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, but being able to get the absolute most out of lesser talents at quarterback. And now you're looking at Detroit. Detroit, now if Jamison Williams is going to take that step and maybe be a number two receiver to Amon Amon Ross St. Brown and already Sam Laporta, a rookie tight end, which I know that's been a big talking point here in Buffalo. There's also, that's my fear, is I don't know, even if if you trade for somebody, let's throw out Jerry Judy because his name's been out in the news. Even if you trade for somebody, I, I don't confidently believe that he is going to be involved. Because I'm already seeing it with the new guys that they've brought in, the new guys they've drafted. They're not getting them involved. It seems it's too difficult. There's no flow to this offense. Even tonight, a big part of it for me was just this feeling that ultimately, even if it was working, they were going to move away from stuff. Namely, under center play action, it seemed like when that was working, all of a sudden, Dorsey would move away from it. We're going to go back to shotgun, even though it's not working. And we're going to go back to these draw plays, even though they're not working. And it's just, it kills momentums in these drives. It's not as bad as a holding call or something like that, but it does feel like it just puts a halt. And it feels like they're slamming on the brakes 
when they're moving the ball. I'm not asking you to score every single drive. Those are great games, and, and they're you know few and far between even for great offenses. But it does just feel like they're unable to really put together consistently these great games. Because even go back to those three games where they're putting up 30-plus points. Look at that Washington game. That took an, an amazing performance by the defense, a pick six, a bunch of turnovers, and then they were able to start piling on the points. The Miami game is really the only game up to this point this year that I felt like the offense was firing on all cylinders, that it actually felt like that was the peak that they could hit. And I just am not, and, I, and I'm not confident right now through six weeks, I'm not confident that they can do that come January because I don't think they have the offensive coordinator to be able to do so. I think they have the quarterback, and I still partially believe they have the personnel. But I just... I, I, I can't get there with Dorsey. I, I, I thought it was potentially a bad move. I was still in favor of it because it felt like there was the heir apparent to Dable for quite a while. But there was always that lingering fear that you're getting an inexperienced offense coordinator and just hoping that it's just it's the same thing, that the train just keeps moving, and it hasn't. And ultimately, I it, it's a lot like being in, in quarterback purgatory where – or if you're winning those eight, nine games, seemingly no changes are made. I wonder if it's for the Bills' offense the same thing where, well, we're still winning games, we're still winning playoff games, so we're not going to make a change. And we just kind of have to almost, maybe at least in my mind, have to wait and hope that he gets a head coaching job so that we can start over at offense corner. Because I'm just, I, I, I'm out on Dorsey. I'm out on Dorsey. I've, I've had enough. It's incredibly frustrating, and it's and it's just, it's too difficult. There's no creativity and there's no flow to this offense. Before we take our first time out, let's go to the phones. We've got Parker on the line. Parker, thanks for calling him, my man. How we doing? Good, man. Go Bills, first of all. But like you said, uh, you know Dorsey, he he uh, he doesn't scare me so much, but he he just needs to uh, get out of his own way. One of your callers said it earlier, like. He wants to be the smartest guy in the mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. He he he's a guy out of his own way, man. And just you know, they're running the ball second quarter. Like, why would you bail on that? It was like, just keep going, keep going. I think especially like on that point too, Parker. Like James Cook was averaging like five and a half yards per carry or around five yards per carry, and it just it seemed like they would move away from it. And and, and for my big thing, and, and Parker, thanks for the call. It, it, same thing with with the under center play action why are you moving away from it it's working you're you're carving them up you're going down the field it's a you know a missed flag or it's a drop by digs that derailed the first drive they looked fine but it just it felt like the game just kind of got away from them like I, like I was saying it during the post game show with Nate Geary that when they scored I, I kind of looked up and I'm like we're in the fourth it was stunning to me that they had gone three quarters and hadn't put a point on on the board they hadn't gone to the red zone and that that to me, and, and and it's also the opponent that they played. They played the New York Giants, who have been one of, if not the worst teams in football, and you made them not just look competent, but really good on the road. And that's just, it's a very, very frustrating place to be. They have the Patriots next week. We'll see if Mac Jones is the quarterback. I thought he had one of his worst games, and he has had a few really bad lately. He had a, an atrocious pick against the Viking, or against the Raiders today. We'll see if it's Malik Cunningham next week. But even then, I, I, I can't sit here and say uh, they're, they're going to walk through him. Because I, what I just saw today has me nervous that they've got to be able to just consistently put away these bad teams. You were a 15.5-point favorite. And they seemingly just could not put him away, really, until the end. And even then, it took a missed call, 
and just a lot to go right for them to ultimately escape with that win. And they were at home and a 15 and a half point favorite. Just it, it, it's a, a win is a win. But oh boy, was it ugly. We're gonna take our first time out. We're still taking your calls, 803-0550. You're listening to the overtime show with Zach Jones. This is WGR. <laughs> 